Welcome to the Mac Emerge Podcast. My name is Teresa Chen, and with me I have Kevin Dong, Brendan Trotter, and Joanna Dida, and we'll be your podcast team. Our goal is to connect all the McMaster-affiliated emergency physicians so we all get to know each other a little better. We have so much great talent and expertise in this region. We want to highlight it into one regional podcast. Each podcast features one invited guest to speak about their expertise or interests. Additionally, we will feature external speakers who have delivered regional rounds at one of our teaching sites. And don't forget about the residents. We'll be featuring stories about our residents and what they've been up to as well. All right, are you ready? Let's get started with this month's episode. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of uh, whatever happened to dot dot dot. Um, And so we're doing an alumni roundup really to see people who have gone on to do great things, um, having launched from Mac Emerge, having been a resident here, um, we're catching up with some of our illustrious alumni. And today I have the honor of uh, being on the line with Dr. Sarah McCullen. Uh, Sarah, can you say hi? Hey, everyone. Nice to be here. And so Sarah and I, I don't know if even she knows this, but Sarah's one of the maybe the second or third resident that I ever met at Macamers when I was coming around for my tour. I, I don't know if you remember, but you took me out after a round of academic half day to the Snooty Fox. You <laughs> and your co-chief, I don't remember who it was, co- Chris Hall? Yes, you and Chris uh, took me out for a round of uh, beverages and food at the Snooty Fox after I came as a visiting medical student uh, out to visit the... Um, the Macamore's crew here. And, and yeah, so I guess, you know, part of the reason why I'm probably at Mac is because you were so nice to me. So thank oh, you. For well, thank that. you. <laughs> <laughs> I've stuck around, but you've gone on to do great things. And so that's what this is about is to, you know, update people, whatever happened to Sarah. So do you want to give us a little bit of a rundown of what's happened since you graduated? You did practice here for a bit because I also remember you as one of my attendings as a junior resident and all that stuff. But and then uh, and then you went on to do really cool stuff. So do you want to give us an update? Sure. So after residency, which was a great time at Mac and along with my colleague Chris Hall, and uh, I had a baby in residency, so that was exciting. Um, but then after residency, I did work at Mac and the General and the Henderson for approximately four or five years and did the clerkship director job for Emerge for a few years, which sort of was a stepping stone to my future career. And so since then, I've my husband at the time, or actually my still husband, he, uh, works in um, Toronto. So we, I was we were commu- I was commuting from Port Credit. So started working at Trillium, which is next door. And I think part of my reason for moving into Trillium was they were just starting a medical school uh, disseminated campus at the time. And so I knew there'd be lots of opportunities. And so was interested in education and expanding on my clerkship director role. So started doing a lot of teaching here at the UTM campus and at Trillium and sort of sort of grew my career here and eventually moved away from Hamilton and and set up full-time here and moved into a lot of teaching roles, um, was the site lead for clerkship here at Trillium as it started out in the medical school, and then eventually taught a variety of different things, took on some more leadership roles, and then have currently for the last five years, can't believe it's been five years, have been the academy director for uh, Mississauga Academy of Medicine, which is, there are four academies at U of T Med School. And so I'm sort of charged with, you know, implementing the curriculum um, in here in Mississauga. 
Very cool. So that that's kind of like, I guess, um, at Mac, we have like regional assistant deans. So we have, you know, Niagara campus and Waterloo campus. So you're kind of like, kind of like that kind of level of, of, of uh, oversight over Mississauga campus. Yeah. Sort of, but then we do have an assistant dean here who uh, I report to, and she's in charge of, you know, undergrad, postgrad, and OT, which we now have at UTM as well. So I'm just with the medical students. Ah, okay. So you're kind of like um, dedicated to the medical school. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it seems like you kind of had like a trajectory that you were following and did it always feel like you, you had a plan though, that this is kind of where you wanted to head or, or did you kind of like find out along the way that, you know, that you were interested in education and then leadership? Yeah. I've always enjoyed education and, I do think that if you're interested in something, you should follow that path. And and I don't know if I ever had a goal of being the academy director, but I think if you're following a passion, it'll lead you somewhere. And you may be on tangents or on, um, you know, like a web. I don't know if you've ever read that book, Lean In. And I sort of picture that, you know, if you're taking, if you're doing a pathway that you're interested in, it'll lead you somewhere. And I I never think there's one direct way to get to any particular position, nor did I have an aspiration to be a particular type of leader. I always knew I wanted to be in leadership and education and, and was fortunate enough that this role came along at the right time and, and so on. So, yeah, I, I, th- I mean, that really resonates. I think it, it actually resonates with some of the other people we've interviewed so far. Um, and so we've interviewed Dr. Glenn Bandiera, who also kind of has had a bit of a meandering path and Dr. Josh Williams. Right. And so I think that each of these other people have kind of reflected on how sometimes you can't be too dead set on one particular job, but maybe you can have a general sense that you want to go and do something cool, you might want to devote yourself to upping your skills around leadership. And then when something cool comes along, you can try out for it, right? And so I think that increasingly, we have local champions of different causes that have done that we've got, you know, some really cool innovations that have hopped up during the pandemic with some people leading sim, or um, some people leading a national initiative, like this is our shot. So like shout out to like Sim and Dash and Raj for really taking yeah. on the South Asian task force and then like really linking the entire nation behind a great campaign, right? And so I think that's been really cool to watch as people realize and find that in themselves. And I think that what you're saying is invest in that general sense of what you want to do, get those skills and then and then see what comes of it, right? See what opportunities come up. Mm-hmm, exactly. So far, I've been fortunate to have opportunities arise at the right time. So, all right. So, I think that this leads us really nicely into a big reveal um, of something that's recently happened to you. Um, so, not so long ago, you uh, you actually took a stab at another kind of leadership as well, right? Right. So, I just um, have agreed to sign on as the site lead or chief for the Mississauga emergency room. So I'm quite excited to build our, our core group of physicians and support them as on their own leadership journeys and their own and building capacity at our local emergency department. And so I'm quite excited because I know lots of people in our emerge have come from Mac as well. And so I'm excited to sort of support their journeys and build capacity and really engage our group into, you know, being a really strong and vibrant emergency department. So, oh, that's uh, so cool. that'll be my next challenge. And yeah, I mean, I think again, 
I guess Glenn, Glenn did it that way too, right? He did education stuff. He did the program director stuff. He did the site chief stuff. I mean, I think it speaks to the testament that maybe leadership is transferable, right? Leadership is something that can go across domains. It doesn't have, you don't have to stick to one lane. Aline Pardon, very famously around here, right? Has done a little bit of both Greg Rutledge as well. And so I think that if you have the leadership chops, I think the idea is sometimes those skills can be parlayed. So you don't have to be so restricted to think, I just have to need medical education or health professions education. You may have all the shops that it takes to lead a clinical group too. So that's really exciting. So tell me a little bit more about what prompted you as a woman in uh, emergency medicine to step up, because I know that we're still underrepresented. You know, you and I both identify as women, but you look around and there has been a little bit of a blip lately with a lot of uh, GTA, GTHA, I guess, region chiefs. And even in Niagara, some of the type chiefs are women. So do you have any pro tips for a young woman in leadership? Maybe uh, is a para rep, is, a, you know, uh, someone who is a medical student that wants to be like Sarah someday. Like what pro tips do you have for gaining the skills and, and, and taking on these challenges and rising to the challenge? And I think, like you said, skills are transferable. And I think as long as you know that skills are transferable, you can apply it to different positions. So if you take on a leadership job in one domain, then you have to think about how would those skills that you've learned apply in in different fields or in different leadership opportunities. And, and, you know, I've gone from, you know, building capacity amongst medical students, helping them realize their passion and route. And, and, uh, you know, I feel like that that's something I can do with our Emerge group. We have, you know, extremely talented group um, that has a variety of interests and not necessarily that I know everything about what they want to do or or what they know like I'm just excited to learn from them and help them you know build their their passion and their and their career and so I think that's sort of how I see the chief job as you know helping others being a sponsor helping mentor other emerge docs and so I think that's sort of a role that I've always kind of navigated towards and and are interested in doing Excellent. So really that transformational leadership kind of like philosophy really aligned with your identity as an educator, bringing that philosophy of development into your leadership sounds wonderful, right? Um, well, we'll see if it works. That's who I am too. So like, I, I think we're probably, you're preaching to the choir right now. So yeah. who knows <laughs> whether lie. my vision is going to be realized, but I'm excited Excellent. to try. Yeah. And I think that trying is really important, right? Because I think that in the past, you know, and really, if you read the literature, um, women often don't ask for these roles until they have all the boxes, and then maybe even a little bit more than that. And historically, in studies, time and time again, it's been shown that men might step forward and try, you know, when they're like 80% there, right? And I think that somewhere in between is is a good place, right? And so you don't have to hit all the criteria. But if you have most of them, and if you have something that's analogous, maybe it's not exactly the exact thing that the the selection committee is looking for, but you have something that's similar, that could be translated over, that could be explained that it's analogous. I think that that will be really important to be able to highlight. And you don't have to check all the boxes, but if you check most of the boxes, then it's worth a shot because you don't get jobs you don't apply to. Exactly. And I think there's always, at least for myself, there was always that a bit of imposter syndrome, like, am I really that? Am I really 
capable? Am I really going to be able to do this? Uh, so. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like you're a very successful woman in multiple leadership roles. Like you're still saying that you had imposter syndrome. So what does that mean? Like, what is, well, how did you get over it? Well, I don't know if I'm over it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm joining a leadership yeah, job and, true. you know, I haven't done an MBA. I haven't, I've done a new and emerging leadership, academic leadership course, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel like I have the skills or, or have learned how to manage people perfectly. Like, you know, we never took courses in human resources or people management. And, and so there's a lot of learning on the job. And so it does feel slightly uncomfortable, but you certainly can't learn or grow unless you're uncomfortable. And that's even what I tell my students that you're not going to get better at emergency medicine unless you're uncomfortable and try different, um, try your skills. So and I think that a big part of managing imposter syndrome is also taking a step back and and actually talking to other people in those leadership roles to realize that actually everybody's been maybe doing a little fake it till you make it or no one else really has an MBA, maybe one or two other people, but the norm is not that you've done advanced training or that you, maybe you do your MBA while you're in a leadership role. Maybe you do some of the courses that are out there to enhance your skills. I think there's lots of different ways that people go about this. And I think that normalizing that journey of being a leader that's constantly growing and that needs to upskill, just like any other kind of CME, continuous learning around leadership is probably important. So no one's ever really done, right? Exactly. And being humble enough to know that we don't know everything and willing to learn. And Yeah. And it sounds like you're, you're, you're hoping that you can not just be a singleton leader. You're not going to be like someone um, that you're aspiring to just t tell people what to do and then they'll do it. It sounds like you're hoping to empower and engage those around you to take up the mantle of leading parts and being empowered to make change. And, you know, that's kind of within that transformational leadership framework is really transforming that system around you to have everyone lead from where they are kind of really in line with like the leads framework and things like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's hopefully the way it works. <laughs> well, I'm excited to watch what you do. I, I mean, if uh, there, there has been a, obviously a great trend lately, like I said, you know, Carolyn Schneider, Aitha Verma, um, Joan Cheng, right? Like you're joining the ranks of some really accomplished, wonderful women leaders who have really taken up the mantle. And I mean, I think that it's just great to see more people step in that those roles so that we can celebrate your successes, support you in your challenges. And I hope that you continue to stay in touch with us. Uh, come back to some of our CME and some of our leadership stuff if you want. Um, and uh, we're, we're definitely here for you as a network of people that you can turn to if you want, like, outside. That would be awesome. And, to. <laughs> and I'm here for anyone else who's interested in, in different journeys and, and uh, or different places to practice or so on. So reach out this way as well. Definitely. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking your time to chat with us. And it's been really exciting to hear what you've been up to. We're so proud of you. And we're so excited that you're one of our alumni. And thanks for uh, giving us an update. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mac Emerge podcast. We hope that this brings you new information and helps you up your game 
so you can deliver better patient care to our region. Remember, we are always looking for new talent and expertise to feature in our podcast. So if you're interested, please feel free to contact us at our email at macemergepodcast at gmail.com. We're also looking to improve your experience, so please submit your feedback as well. Again, thanks for listening. Let's all stay connected. Mac Emerge out!